Hey, fam. Hello, hello, hello. Family, I am here with a word, okay? And we're going to just get right into it. And um, we're going to just be talking about obedience right now. Obedience. Obedience, okay? And being obedient to God's word, okay? Because in this walk, you know, it's going to look far. You, if Things are going to look far from what God said it's going to look. But you have to remain obedient to what he has told you. If he said, be still. I don't know why my dog's starting. She's going to wait until I hit record the one be over there tap dancing. But listen. Um, if God is telling you to be still, know that he is God. Go to God and ask him, Lord, what's being still look like in this situation? If the Lord is saying rest, ask the Lord, what does rest look like in this situation? If the Lord is saying, get your provisions together, get your provisions together. If he is saying, purify yourself, purify yourself. If you do not know what he means by it, come and ask him, seek wisdom. He will not rebuke you. He will give you the wisdom that you are asking for. Okay. But obedience is the key, right? And it, the Lord, he's been replaying it back in my spirit, right? And I'm going to start at um, Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. And he says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. And let me tell you something, I can bring it to you like this. When you worry about your bills, when you worry about what you're going to eat, when you worry about what you're going to wear, when you worry about what you're going to drink, you're allowing that to be loosed because your obedience is to do what Jesus has told you to do. When Jesus told you in Matthew 6, verse 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything else will be added on to you. The word of God says, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. These thoughts dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But you're not like that. You are a believer. So you can laugh, like it says in Proverbs 31, without fear of the future. Because you know who is in front of you. You know who is behind you. You know who's already ahead of you. Jesus Christ. You feel me? That is who it who is it. Like that you're you're among him. He is with you. He is within you. Nothing will injure you. Nothing will injure you. Everything that has happened in my life that has went wrong was because I was disobedient. Because I was disobedient. I had to come to that realization. Like, yes, you can say I had the sins of my ancestors on me. Yes, they was passed down. But it was disobedience. When I became obedient to God, that's when I see the hand of God. But if I'm not staying in his word, if I'm not being obedient, if I'm not using the key, because obedience is the key. If I'm not using my key, then guess what? All hell will be loosed in earth, in the heavens, because I don't let it loose. When you are obedient to God's word, it's not going to return back to him void. So God allowed a situation to look away just to see, do you believe what his word said? Will you still remain obedient? If you know that your bills is piling up, but he's saying, be still, rest, I got you. Are you going to do that? Or are you still going to be trying to put your hand in it? You feel me? Which which one you want to? 
as for me and my house, uh, we seeking ye first the kingdom because I don't see what it was like when I didn't seek ye first. And guess what? Them bills just kept on piling up and piling up and piling up. But the moment I seek ye first, the moment I, I truly repented, the moment that I truly surrendered, I watched God move. And it wasn't long. Family, there is times that God has sent me checks in the mail. I can't cap. Like when, when, um, cause very soon I'm going to be doing Patreon. I'm going to have to go find them, um, checks that he has sent. Like checks in the mail. I didn't even know that was coming. You feel me? I'm sitting here worried about what I'm going to eat, what my kids is going to eat. But, but he already had a ram in the thick of. You feel me? It's times where my bills was piling up and the Lord dropped thousands of dollars into my account. Suddenly, when I surrendered, he he moved. When I humbled myself, then the Lord exalted his presence in front of me. That was a banger. Let me say it again. When I humbled myself, the Lord exalted his presence around me. I see that he is God. When I needed healing in my body and I had I couldn't get the answers I was looking for, God has restored it. Listen, he done showed me he was Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom. He done showed me he was Jehovah Rapha. He done showed me all of it, child. I know that he is who he is. He is El Shaddai. He is God Almighty. Can I tell you something? So when I say obedience is key, obedience is key. Every situation that I was disobedient, I had to see the sacrifice of it. I had to lose things because I was disobedient. And this is the way I put it, because like you got to walk on water, right? And I always picture myself being like Peter and I see the winds. I see the waves, right? And like, I ain't going to be, I ain't going to, I ain't going to lie. Like sometimes my knees be buckling. I'd be like, oh Lord, this is a little deeper. Like what, what you mean? This is deep. You don't see that wave over there? <laughs> you, you ain't hear that bill collector call. You, you have you seen my bank account lately? Right? Let me be real. And then guess what? I always think about, I don't want to sink. I don't want to drown. Because the moment that, that Peter did sink, the Lord did reach his hand out immediately. But what stuck out to me, he said, why did you doubt me? That's why Peter sunk, because he doubted him. He said, why did you doubt me? He was walking on water just fine until he doubted, until the, the wind got a little bit a little bit heavier. The wind, the waves got a little bit more violent, but that's only to see what you still believe. Are you going to continue to worry about what is in front of you and forgetting what is behind you? Are you going to continually seek ye first the kingdom? What are you going to do? So I want to take you to first Samuel 15, 22. And I really just like, Want, want you to understand that obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is way better than sacrifice. And I want to read you about Saul. So we're going to start at verse 10. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I'm sorry I have ever made Saul king, for he has not been loyal to me and has refused to obey my commands. See, that's disobedience. Samuel was so deeply moved when he had heard this that he cried out to the Lord all night. Early the next morning, Samuel went to find Saul. Someone told him Saul went to the town of Carmel Carmel, to set up a monument to himself. Then he went, went to Gilgah. 
when Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, he said. I have carried out the Lord's commands. See, you read a little bit higher. No, he didn't. He didn't do everything God told him to do. He was disobedient. And it says, that is what all the bleeding of sheep and goats and the lowing of cattle. I He said, then what is the bleeding of sheep and goats and lowing of cattle? I hear Samuel demanded. Is it true that the army spared the best of the sheep, goats, and cattle? So, so admitted. Oh, sorry. My bad. Let me read it again. It's true that the army spared the best of the sheep, goats, and cattle, Saul admitted, but they are going to sacrifice them to the Lord your God. We have destroyed everything else. Then Samuel said to Saul, stop. Listen to what the Lord told me last night. What did he tell you, Saul asked? And Samuel told him, although you may think little of yourself, are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord has anointed you king of Israel. And the Lord sent you on a mission and told you, go and completely destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, until they are all dead. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for the plunder and do, and do what was evil in the Lord's sight? But I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Ag. Aga, and I destroyed everyone else. Then my troops bought in the best of the sheep, goats, cattle, and plunder to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilga. But Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Now, let me, let me go. I'm going to go now. I'm going to go to verse, back to verse one real quick. So, Cause now I want you to see what, what, um, Saul did. It said, one day Samuel said to Saul, it was the Lord who told me to anoint you as king of his people, Israel. Now listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies has declared. I have decided to settle accounts with the nation of Amalek for opposing Israel when they came from Egypt. Now go and completely destroy the entire Amalekite nation, men, women, children, babies, cattle, sheep, goats, camels, and donkeys. So Saul mobilized his army at Tilmah. Tell him, tell him, y'all see it. There were 200,000 soldiers in the Israel and had 10 from Israel and had 10,000 men from Judah. Then Saul and his army went to town of the Amalekites and lay in the way in the way in the valley. Saul sent this warning to the Kenites, move away from where the Amalekites live or you will die with them. For you showed kindness to all the people of Israel when they came up from Egypt. So the Canaanites packed up and left. Then Saul slaughtered the Amalekites from Havilah all the way to Sir, east of Egypt. He captured Agai, the Amalekite king, but completely destroyed everyone else. Saul and his men spared Agai's life and kept the best of the sheep, goats, cattle, the fat calves, and the lambs, everything. In fact, that appeared appealed to them. They were destroyed only they destroyed only what was worthless or poor of quality. See, that's disobedience. When God tell you to do something, he expects you to do it with how he said to do it. So if he said to go in that town and slaughter everything in that town, I want everything slaughtered. That's what God want. They went in the town and did what they wanted to do. That's disobedience. It's disobedience. So if God is saying stop your idol worship, when you continue to do it, Guess what? That's disobedience. And you're going to see the repercussions of your disobedience, right? 
Um, now let me go back to verse 22. But Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as of witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. So I need you to look at the keys that the Lord is dropping in your lap today. He wants you to think about what is more pleasing to him, your offerings and your sacrifices, or you listening to his voice. So not doing what you think is right. Not, not trying to settle things the way you think you should, but truly being obedient to how God told you to do it. So if God told you to go somewhere and, and go and do whatever he told you to do, he wants you to do it exactly how he told you to do it from A to C, okay? A to B, A to F, okay? That's how he wants you to do it. Not the way you see fit, but the way he told you to. A lot of people don't realize because, you know, people always think that witches are being like, they got that, whatever that thing is called, making a potion child. What's that thing called? That, they be, that big old pot? I don't know what that thing called, child. But everybody just think that a witch is that. But no, you being rebellious is as of witchcraft. Child, you don't got to have no broomstick and no hat to be a witch. You not listening to what God said is as of witchcraft. You being stubborn is just as bad as worshiping an idol. So he said, because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king, child. Do what God told you to do. Be obedient. Because one thing God don't do is play. And he will remove you from where he's placed you. He will. He will. How do I want to say it? You will get demoted. He will. I'm trying to find the right word. That's like I cried. God will take back what he has given you when you are being disobedient, basically. Then so admitted to Samuel, yes, I have sinned. I have disobeyed your instructions and the Lord's command for I was afraid of the people and did what they demanded. But now please forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel replied, I will not go back with you since you have rejected the Lord's command. He has rejected you as king of Israel. As Samuel turned to go, Saul tried to hold him back and tore the hem of his robe. And Samuel said to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to someone else, one who is better than you. And he who is glory of Israel will not lie, nor will he change his mind for he is not human that he should change his mind. Then Saul pleaded again. I know I have sinned, but please at least honor me before the elders of my people and before Israel by coming back with me so that I may worship the Lord, your God. So Samuel finally agreed and went back with him and saw worship the Lord. See, you can't worry about this something that the Lord told me. You can't worry about people. Okay. You, you can only fear people or fear God. You can't have two masters. And guess what? I fear God. I can't fear no human. I can't do it because what can a human really do? Okay. A human can kill your body, but they can't do nothing to your soul. God can destroy both your soul 
everybody. I don't got time for that. I'm a fear God. Okay. And in Jeremiah chapter one, the Lord tells Jeremiah, don't be afraid of the people. Don't be afraid of them. Because if you are afraid of them, and basically if you disobey me, I will make you look foolish in front of them. Go to Jeremiah chapter 1 if you want to read it, because it's right there in Jeremiah. So I say all of this to tell you, obey God. Be obedient. Do it the first time, okay? Do it the first time. And the Lord, he had to teach me about my disobedience, because my kids, right? Because it's so annoying when you tell your kids to do something over and over again and they don't do it. Or if they do it, but they do it halfway. That is so annoying, right? But what God showed me through my kids is this is what you be doing. Like, you be doing it. <laughs> I'll tell you to go do something and you might do it, but you do it halfway. Or, or I'll tell you to do something and you just still sit in there. God will show yourself through your kids. Trust me, that's for somebody. So if you're dealing with a disobedient child, the Lord is showing you your disobedience through your child. Okay? That was for somebody, child. Because I'll be like, show you right, Lord. But really repent. You see, even when Saul was repenting, he was, rebuilt, he was, he was admitting his guilt, right? He still... He still was worried more about the people. He wasn't really worried about, he didn't have a good heart. He didn't have a, really a heart towards God. He was worried about how the people was going to look. He was worried about Saul coming back, Samuel coming back with Saul, just so he could look good in front of the people. The Lord seen his heart. That's why he wasn't changing his mind. Because as we see, David jacked up. But we know David as a man after God's own heart. Like, oh, what is it? I think it's like um, Psalms 51. Let me go over quick. I think it's Psalms 51 when, when David's like pleading out to God. And he's like, please don't take your presence from me. Like, do not. You feel me? Like, that is what's most important. And that's how true repentance should be. Like, crying out to God and be like, Lord, please don't remove your presence from me. Like, wash me of my sins. Cleanse me of my iniquities. I am truly sorry. Because God can see your heart. Listen, right here, chapter seventy uh, one, verse 1. And it says, have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion. Blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night against you. And you alone have I sinned. I have done what was evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say. And your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But you desire honesty from the womb. Teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do, do not banish me from your presence. And don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Child, y'all ever had one of the moments 
<laughs> when you done jacked up and you cry out to the Lord, like, please don't take your presence away from me. <laughs> I know I'd have been doing an ugly cry. Like, Lord, please don't take your presence away. Like, when you've come to the realization that you are a sinner, like, you, like not even that you're a sinner, that, like, how your sin displeases God. When, like, you just know, like, this is not right, right? Like, you just know it. And you sit in with that conviction and you just like, please just don't take it away. That is what God's looking for. He wants a broken spirit and a contrite heart, okay? That's what he wants. He wants you to admit and repent and truly repent. Look how David crying out. This after he got done creeping with Bathsheba. It's a restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to rebels and they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God who cares. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you. You do not desire a sacrifice, or I will offer one. You do not want a birth offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. Look with favor on Zion and help her rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with the sacrifices of offered in the right spirit with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will again be sacrificed on your altar. Child, now I got to bring you into this. Jesus is your sacrifice. And today... God is offering you salvation. And it's that type of salvation where you can see the kingdom of heaven on earth. I'm not talking about salvation. Oh, so you know when you die, you're going to heaven. No, I'm offering you the salvation today by the authority given to me in Christ. The kind of salvation I'm offering you today is the one where you can see the kingdom of heaven on earth. Child, everybody be looking around talking about they want to make this world a better place. But I'm telling you, if you let the Lord Jesus into your heart, you will experience the kingdom of heaven on earth. Child, just confess out your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, okay? And that he died on the cross and God rose him on the third day and really truly believe that in your heart and you will be saved. Say, God, come into me. I receive your spirit. Have your way. Teach me your ways. Show me how to be like you. Show me how to submit. Show me how to surrender. Show me how to walk in your ways. I want to be like you. I want to experience your kingdom of heaven on earth. Because listen, I just told you what the keys was. The keys is the obedience. So when you get into God's word and you start putting his word into action, you will experience the kingdom. He said, whatever you bound on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you let loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So it's time to start binding up the sins. That, that that are lurking within you and loosing the righteousness of God. So as you keep on seeking ye first the kingdom, 
and his righteousness. Everything will be added on to you because you're going to begin to apply God's word. You're going to begin to apply the pressure in your life. And you are going to present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Do you hear me? God wants you to become a living sacrifice to him. So it's no longer you who lives. You got to put the death, the sinful things that's lurking in you. And you have to begin to take on your identity of, of Christ Jesus. Oh, I was reading Philippians the other night. And I want to try to get to what I was reading real quick. Give me a second. I don't remember what chapter it was, but I think I remember. Okay. Philippians chapter two. And then yes, it's going. Well, we're going to let the Holy Spirit flow. But I think I'm going to pray after this. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? They make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is a Lord to the glory of God, the father, dear friends, you always follow my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am ways even more important, work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. See, a lot of times people think that they're in this walk alone, but no, God is within you. He's giving you that desire. What's pulling you even right now as I'm reading you this word is God, is the spirit of God. I'm just speaking his thoughts towards you right now. I'm speaking what's on his heart for you. And that is what's pulling. You don't have to do this by yourself. God is giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. It says, do whatever, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. But I will rejoice even if I lose my life. Pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should share. You should rejoice and I will share your joy. 
Mm. It's so beautiful. Like, I really love Paul. I love the genuineness of Paul's heart. Because, yeah, Paul was, like, doing the most before when he was sold and he, before he got, like, went by Paul. Like, he was doing the most. And, like, this ain't the same Saul that was the king. This is a different Saul. This is Saul that's also known as Paul. He was on his way to Damascus. And he was, like, persecuting Christians. And Jesus met him and knocked him off the horse. Like, if you go to the book of Acts and you can read about Saul, right? Just go to the book of Acts. Because <laughs> he was like Saul and he's Paul. But I just love the genuineness of his heart because, like, that's what God saw. He really saw that although he was persecuting Christians, he seen that he was zealously, like, thinking that he really was serving God, right? And Jesus gave him an encounter that showed him that he is who he said he is, that he is Lord Jesus. Oh, because right now I can just feel God. And God is saying that is somebody listening to this and you have zealously been, been thinking in your persecution of the body of Christ that you have been serving God, but Jesus is about to give you an encounter Mm. And in this encounter that he is going to give you, you are going to know that he is Lord because he sees your heart. He sees your heart. Because see, man looks at the outward, but God looks at the heart. And he says he sees your heart. He sees the pure intentions that you have. And he says he's going to give you an encounter. You are going to encounter him in a whole new way. Mm, he said, and when this happens, you are going to come back at this very place. You're going to come right back to within her beauty. And you are going to worship here because of what God is doing in the presence, what he's doing in the midst. He said he's been tugging you. And you've been feeling the pull. And he said, that's why you're curious. He said, that's why you've been having this curiosity. Because he said, that is, has been his spirit pulling you. And today in this word, he says he has released the power that will save you. Mm, Jesus. <laughs> Let me tell you something. He just, he good. Who he good? Because I know, I, I know he's talking to somebody. Because the way I feel it in my spirit, mm, the way I can feel it in my spirit, I know he's talking to somebody. Whew. It says, if the Lord Jesus is willing, I hope to send Timothy to you soon for a visit. Then he can cheer me up by telling me how you are getting along. I have no one else like Timothy who, would genu who genuinely cares about your welfare. All the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. But you know how Timothy has proved himself like a son with his father. He has served, served with me in preaching the good news. I hope to send him to you just as soon as I find out what is going to happen to me here. And I have confidence from the Lord that I myself will soon come to see you. Um, meanwhile, I thought I should send Aphrodite back to you. He is a true brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier. He was your messenger to help me in my need. And I am sending him because he has been longing to see you. And he was very distressed that you heard he was ill. And he certainly was ill. In fact, he almost died, but God had mercy on him. 
and also on me. Oh, I just feel it. Like, I really have to keep on saying, like, somebody is about to have an encounter with God like Paul. Like, I'm telling you, like, this, this encounter God is about to give you is a supernatural type of encounter, child, where you are going to be converted within days preaching the gospel because of what Jesus is about to show you. Do you understand me? Like, is somebody about to have a Paul encounter? And he is going to show you, like, what it is like to suffer for his namesake. Like, somebody really is about to take on the mantle of Paul. <laughs> I want you to go. And I want you to read. I'm going to give you the verse. Because um, I'm about to... Uh-oh, let me finish reading this. And I'm going to give you the verse. Because it's somebody that, that is about to have an encounter like Paul. I am sending him because he has been longing to see you. And he was very distressed that you heard he was ill. And he certainly was ill. In fact, he almost died. But God had mercy on him and also on me. So that I would not have one sorrow after another. So I am all the more anxious to send him back to you now. For I know you will be glad to see him. And then I will not be so worried about you. Welcome him in the Lord's love and with great joy. And give him the honor that people like him deserve. For he risked his life. For the work of Christ. And he was at the point of death while doing for me what you couldn't do from afar. So it's in the book of Acts. Give me a second. Because somebody about to have an encounter like poor. Hold up. Um, Where is it? Hold up. Where is it? Hold up. Okay, it's um, it's Acts chapter nine. So even if you go back, like I think a page or two, like Paul was there when um Stephen got got stoned to death because they like they set Stephen up, like they Stephen gave a word, child. The Holy Spirit like consumed Stephen. Like really, read the whole book of Acts. This is a banger. But I really just want to take you to solve real quick because if somebody about to have this encounter, and I gotta tell you. I got to bring you to what this is going to look like. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressing to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of many followers of the way he found there. He went to bring them both men and women back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sounds of someone's voice, but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him with a vision calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to the straight street to the house of of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man named Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. 
But Lord exclaimed Ananias, I heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, go for Paul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to Kings, as well as the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Mm, child. So Ananias went and found Saul and he laid his hands on him and said, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got baptized and then got up and was baptized. Afterwards, he ate some food and regained his strength. I'm telling you, what God is about to do in your life is supernatural. You are one minute, you like, nah, I ain't never going to convert. Next minute, the Lord about to meet you. You're about to hear the voice of the Lord. Like, it's not going to be long from now. This is something that's happening quickly because God has a plan over your life. God has a plan over your life. Even some people that are connected to you that and you're the one listening to this word, your conversion is going to convert them. Because God is calling you and you can feel the conviction and the tugging in your heart as I speak to you right now. Because you know it's not by my might and it's not by my strength. You hear my father speaking through me and he's calling you. Okay? And, and you're going, after this, you're going to be, you're going to get converted. You're going to be baptized. And you're going to be giving a word. You'll be preaching the gospel. I'm telling you it's going to happen. You are going to begin to be a force for the kingdom of God. I can see it. You are going to begin to be a force for the kingdom of God. And you are going to understand what it's like to suffer for Christ. You're going to understand it, child. Mm. And you're going to come back here and you're going to testify that it was me. It was me that the Lord God was speaking to. It was me. I had a, I had an encounter with Jesus Christ. I, I, I was blind, but now I can see. Child, let me tell you something. Let me pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I'm just coming to you. I just want to thank you for what you are doing, Father. I want to thank you for just bringing this word, Father God. And I just pray and I'm asking that your child listening to this word becomes obedient to your voice. I pray that they are cleansed and washed of their iniquities and their sins, Father God. I pray that they will begin to listen to your voice and your voice alone, Father. I silence every voice of the enemy today that, that shall try to whisper in their ears. I shut their mouths, Father God, in the name of Jesus. And I bind and rebuke them in Jesus' name. I cast them back down in the power of the name of Jesus. Lord, have your way in your child's life. I pray that they experience what it what you really want. And that is a broken spirit, Father God, and a contrite heart. They want you want them to just repent and turn away, Father God. I pray that you use this child that is receiving this word for your glory. I pray that your, their life gets glory, gives glory back to you, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Have your way in the midst, Father God. And I pray that you, I just pray that you send your presence boldly, Father God. Baptize them with your spirit boldly, Father God. Whisper in their ear boldly, Father God. And let them know that Jesus Christ is Lord. Allow them to understand that every knee will bend and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord, Father God. 
God. I pray that they have an encounter with you, Father God. I pray that they remain, that they, they, they don't remain the same, Father God. And now that they are blind, I pray that supernaturally they will begin to be able to see, to truly see what it really is. That you are the true and living God. That you are the God that beat the grave. That Jesus Christ is Lord. That Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. Child. That you are fully human and fully God. That you are who you said you are, Lord. Give Open their minds to receive this revelation. Open their minds to receive this impartation today, Father God. In the name of Jesus. And it's for your name to give all the glory, honor, and praise. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Somebody got a blessing with a name on it. Okay? God is about to give you an encounter. He is about to give you an impartation. God is about to do something new in your life. God is about to shift the atmosphere. God is about to use what the enemy meant for your bad, for your good. All the weapons that have formed against you, God is about to show you how it hasn't prospered, child. I'm telling you, be prepared because it's going to happen suddenly. It's a shift that is happening suddenly. And I can feel it in the atmosphere, child. It's happening suddenly. One minute you sitting here, the next minute you on your way on a journey, child. God is about to use you. What you've been through, God is using it all. He is not leaving a crumb or a scrap. Everything that you have been through is going to be used for your good. I speak that over your life today. Mm. Mm. God's presence is coming boldly on you. Boldly will you receive the spirit of God in your atmosphere. I, I just, I know what's going to happen. I know God is going to fill you up. I just know he is, okay? Because that's my father, okay? So I know what he going to do because he be telling me. So I'm going to let you go. Everything is down at the description box below if you want to email me. Because, yes, especially the person that's about to have this Paul encounter, email me, okay? Because I'm going to need to hear this testimony because I know what my guy about to do, okay? I know what my father about to do. Um, my social medias is down there. DM me or email me. It don't matter. If you want to support with Air Her Beauty, that would be down there. Cash at Venmo. If you want to just support and be a, a subscriber every month, it's 99, 99 cent, 499 or 9 99 You could do that. Um, it's, uh, with Her Beauty website is dropping very, very soon. Everything down there. Just go check the link. I love you guys so, 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 so much. But most importantly, Jesus loves you. Bye.